Welcome to Passion Life Church. And uh, well, welcome to part two of a series that we've entitled Relationship Goals. And February is a month about that we focus on relationships. And uh, as a matter of fact, uh, last week we talked about God's purpose for relationships. And I just encourage you, man, it's free. Go to our website. You can download that message. And uh, we're spending, I would say, for the next seven weeks, uh, just some time on relationships. Why, Pastor Phil? Why seven weeks? Because relationships can be complicated. Can I get a good amen in the house of God? And that's because you're complicated. Can I get a better amen? Uh, You didn't know that whole time. I was setting you up. Right. I was setting you up. But today what we're going to do is we're going to focus on all the married people and all the people who one day would like to be married. And uh, I don't know if you've how many of you've ever maybe you're single, you're you're. You're, uh, you're married now, but how many of you could honestly say that you've been to a wedding? You've been to, everybody's been to a wedding. And how many of you would honestly say that you've planned a wedding? Anybody ever planned help? And the stress that goes along with planning a wedding. I've done weddings, I officiate weddings, and I have seen some of the most hilarious things at weddings. It's, it's a, I'm not really a wedding type of guy. I, I'm more fun. And when you put me in a suit and, and everything has to be, you know, every I has to be dotted and every T has to be crossed. That's kind of not my personality, but I do okay, but I've just seen some things and you know, you plan this day to be what it, it should be. But so since relationships can be a little more of a serious topic, I thought that today we'd start off with a little bit of fun and look at some funning wedding pictures today. Let's have a look at this one. How about this one? A great wedding kiss. I don't know about you, but when I see this kiss, to me, it's always, do you think this way when they kiss? They're like, this is going to be and set the tone for this whole relationship. Wow, that was an amazing kiss. They are going to make it. Then you have two people that just kind of like peck each other. And I always tell people in counseling, when we get ready for this big day, like you need to rehearse the kiss so that doesn't happen. Let's look at the next one. Here's this one. Now this one. She had a big dream of a wedding and a big dress dream. But I don't know if she thought that she would have just a little groom and that was the vision that she had. But let's look at this next one. I think this next one, their theme was oceans from that worship song from Hillsong. And, uh, and it didn't go as well as they pleased. They got a big wave and they were literally flooded. I like this one. Look at this one. This one is this particular wedding set off an Amber Alert because they had a child, I guess, that got put into her dress. I don't know what happened with that. But this one is my favorite. I like this one. You know, everybody wants their wedding to be a wedding where, man, that wedding was just through the roof. Well, they got that one through (laughs) the roof. And you know, marriage is an important thing and God ordained marriage. It was his idea. And how many of you know when God does something, he does it perfect. He, 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 he made marriage to, to work. And, and, uh, when you do it God's way, you'll get it right a hundred percent of the time if we'll do it God's way. But you know, when we stand there and maybe you've, you've done this, you've, you've seen it, or you've actually said these vows, we, we say these amazing vows and we say, I take you to be my lawfully wedded wife to have and to hold. And then we say these words from this 
day forward. And today, as we dive into relationships, I want us to have that type of mentality today from this day forward. Because I don't know where you are in your relationships. I don't know, maybe even in your marriage, things were not good in the past. But I want to tell you, today, we're going to talk about from this day forward. Because we say from this day forward, for better or for worse, for richer or for poorer, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish till death do us Par. So that's the mentality of today, talking about from this day forward. If you have your Bibles, let's look into Lamentations chapter 3, verse 13. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 13. And it's Jeremiah writing, the prophet Jeremiah. He's writing, he's actually lamenting. Uh, Lamentations is a depressed book, um, actually. So uh, if you're depressed, probably, probably maybe not. That might not be a good place to start, but he does bring some wisdom to us. And look what he says in Lamentations chapter 3, verse 19. He says, I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and gall. And Jeremiah is starting to tell us he's thinking about all his mistakes. He's thinking about the mistakes that he made, the mistakes in some relationships that he made. And he says, I well remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. And some of us, when it comes to relationships, we've really been hurt. We've really had a hard time. And, and let's really be honest. Sometimes it wasn't our fault. And sometimes it was. Sometimes it's because the choices of other people that have hurt our lives but it's also sometimes because of the decisions that we've made. And so what Jeremiah is going to do is he's going to tell us how to have from this day forward kind of mentality. Look at verse 21. He says, yet this I call to mind. So he's not just thinking about the past. He's not just thinking about his mistakes. Now he has a new frame of mind. And he says this, I call this today to mind. Well, Jeremiah, what are you going to call to mind? He says this, therefore, when I call this to mind, I have hope. Would you say hope? Verse 22, look, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions, one translation says, his mercies never fail. Oh, and I like this. Look, verse 23, he says, they are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. So my church family, if they are new every morning, does that include this morning? And I want to remind us, we're talking about this day forward. So as we talk about relationships for these next seven to eight weeks, I want you to know we're talking about a new frame of mind this day forward. I'm wiping the slate clean and let's move forward. Why? Because today his mercies are new. Now, look. He's telling us this is the kind of God that we have. We have a God that's willing to give you another chance. We have a God who's willing to give you today a blank page, a do-over. And I like to say this. God is not just a God of second chances. God is a God of new beginnings. He doesn't just give you a do-over. He gives you a brand new spirit on the inside so you can do it over. So here's the question as we talk about relationships, marriages, and those that want to be married. Here's the question. So are great marriages possible? 
Are they possible? And I think for a lot of people, because we watch movies and we see these fairy tales, we don't, you know, we just kind of, and you say even, oh, come on, even you, Pastor Phil, really are great relationships possible. I want to tell you, when you do it God's way, all things are possible. But it's not probable. It's not probable. Right now, what you need to know is that the odds are stacked against you. That right now, with statistics, statistics say, with relationships, especially when it comes to marriage, there is a 50, 50% chance that you could get divorced. 50, 50% chance, a 50% shot. Now, here's what's interesting. Where else in life would you take those odds? Listen, you were gonna get on a plane today, right? To fly on vacation. And the pilot comes on, he says, attention passengers, just wanna let you know there's a 50, 50 chance we're gonna land. You know what? You're getting off the plane. I don't even care if you like the pretzels or the peanuts, right? Or that cool apple juice that Southwest puts and gives you, you're getting off the plane. Why? But you know what is interesting is that in relationships, we kind of just settle into this, this idea of 50-50 chance. Listen, and we'll take this marriage ride. We'll get into relationships and we kind of know, hey, these are the odds. But yet my church family, God has such a different way. He has a perfect way. But here's the reality. Some Christians aren't even taking the option and doing things God's way. And today is a new day. So today, here, this is what today's about. I want to help you increase your odds. Anybody about increasing your odds? So here's what I'm going to suggest in these next five weeks, starting today, that we will commit to these five things. Because I believe if we can do these five things, it's gonna increase your odds. Here's the first one. Number one, as a married couple, that we seek God together. We seek God. Here's number two, that we fight fair. We can't stop people from fighting, but you know what we can do? We can fight fair. Here's the third one, have fun. This is going to be the romance part of the message. And I will let you know, especially for those of us that have kids that are under 13, that day I would just say, please take advantage of our excellent child care services because that is going to be the PG-13. I see some of the guys writing that down like, what day is that? I'm with you on that one. I'm, gonna, I, well, I'm on your sides, guys. On that, we're we're, we're going to talk about having fun. And here's the fourth one, staying pure. Woohoo! Because if we take the world's definition of love and put it into our relationship, it's not going to work. And here's number five, never give up. Never give up. We're going to talk about what endurance looks like. So my church family today, could we say these five together? Could we put that back up on the screen and let's say it together? Come on. We're going to seek God. We're going to fight fair. Come on. We're going to wait. Could we just say that again? Because I don't really hear a lot of Christians talking about having fun. So I like when Christians say, yeah, let's have fun. Okay, let's do it again. Start with number one. Ready? Seek God. And never give up. Never give up. 
I just gave you the next five weeks of Sundays that we're gonna be talking about. Let's talk about today. Let's talk about the first one. Let's talk about seeking God together. Turn over to Matthew chapter six, verse 33. Matthew chapter six, verse 33. A lot of us know this verse, but I think we know it, but we don't really apply it into our life. You know, the Bible says that, but seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. So you say, Pastor Phil, how do I, how do I increase my odds? How do I get God's operate in my life, in my marriage, and in my relationships? Well, you have to go back to Matthew 6, Seek God first. The power comes, the power is there, but the reality of it is few put that as a priority in their relationship. Even Christians, Christians, a lot of, the power is there. The power to succeed, the power to defy these options is there. But you know what? Many people don't allow that power to operate in their relationships. You know why? Because they don't seek God first. You know what? They seek other stuff. And here's what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, if you seek me first, I'll take care of your needs. I will take care. Listen, I will take care of your stuff. Now, today's going to be so good because today we're speaking to marriage people and we're going to speak to the, the, can I say the S word in church? The single people. I say that because some people think single is a dirty word. It's not a dirty word. It's a good word. It's okay to be single. There's a purpose for singleness. Paul talks about that. And we're going to talk about that a little bit today. But you know what happens is that we look to other people first to fulfill our needs instead of looking to God first to meet our needs. And you go, Pastor Phil, last week you talked about how important relationships are. I did, and I defined exactly what God said they are to be. But let me just tell you this. Your relationships are not designed to meet all your needs. It's funny because when I talk to single people, I hear this a lot. Oh, Pastor Phil, I am just waiting for my one. I'm believing for that one, that one. Oh, I can't wait when that one person comes into my life. In other words, what they're saying is that, and I hear them, they're saying, I'm just waiting for that one person who completes me. Oh, and then I thought of the Jerry Maguire movie. And you know what, because I love you so much, I brought the clip, so you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Can we watch it okay? Will that be all right, we have a little fun? Because watch this, because a lot of people base their romance not on what Jesus says, but what on Jerry Maguire says. So I thought we'd just play, come on, can we watch it? Come on, we'll turn the lights down low. Guys, you can grab your girl's hand. Come on, somebody. Let's watch this. And I'm not crying because of what he said. 
I'm crying because she told him to shut up. That's why, that's why, I, that's, that's what got me. Shut up, shut up. You had me at hello. You know what's interesting is that we can live this kind of life where we feel like someone else is supposed to complete us. And let me just give us some truth today. There is no one who can complete you but Jesus. Nobody that can complete you like Jesus. And see, not only do people who want to get married have this idea that they're looking for someone to complete them, You know, a lot of us take that thinking into marriage where we start to idolize our spouse. Our spouse is supposed to complete us. And I'm going to be honest with you. I, in in 20 years of ministry, I hear people say things and I'm just like, what? I'll hear a woman say, oh my gosh, my husband is my everything. What? Does he know that? Because that's a lot of pressure. He's got to be, you need to buy a puppy or something, because this is like, and in Spanish, we say this, oh, él es mi vida. He's my life. He's your life? I don't want to live if living is without you. Because now I'm expecting someone else to become my life, to fulfill my needs. And here's what we do. We put expectations on people to be God and they were never meant to fulfill that role in our lives. I'm preaching good even if you're not smiling. And I see it over and over again in marriage. And let me just tell you, if you're taking notes, write this down. Because here's what happened. Whatever you eventually idolize, whatever you idolize other than God, you eventually will demonize. I, I hear it over and over again. Oh, Pastor Phil, I met him. He was so down to earth. He was just so calm and laid back. Oh, you idolize it. Six years later, he's a bump on a log. He doesn't move. <laughs> idolize, demonize, right? Oh, I met her. She was so detail-oriented, and she was so organized. Fast forward five years later, she's a control freak. idolize, (laughs) demonize. Some of you are laughing because you don't want to say amen because your spouse is sitting next to you. Come on, somebody. I've done this for a while. This ain't my first rodeo. Hee-haw, come on. That's okay. Keep looking forward. We're trying to get you to come together and not be apart today. But what I'm saying is that you cannot let people take the position that only God was intended for him to have. Because if you do, you will be disappointed every time. Every time. And truth be known, a lot of reasons why we have failed relationships is we're expecting things from people that only God can give. I'm going to leave that up there for just a moment so you can write it down. We expect from people the things that only God can give. Can I just tell you, I love my wife. She's probably the most most beautiful, merciful, graceful person I've ever met. She makes a great Valerie, but she does not make a good Jesus. 
I'm, I think, a pretty good husband. I do my best. I'm a great Phil Valdez, but I'm not a good Jesus. And here's, I think, where we get this skewed. We're supposed to be like him. I'm supposed to be like, but I'm not him. And when we start to put these expectations on other people, we get terribly disappointed. And so here's the principle of this message about seeking God. Here it is. Ready? Write this down. God is my one. My spouse is my two. Listen, God is my one. My spouse is my two. So I'm going to seek him and go after God. God is still my first priority, even in marriage. He's the one that ordained that. Well, Pastor Phil, how can you apply this into my life? I will, but let me apply it first to those that are looking to get married and who are not married, right? And let, let, let's just play along for a minute. How many of you in this room are single and you would like to at some point get married? Let, let me see your hands. Let, let me see your hands. Come on, put them up high. Put them up high. All right, come on, put them up high because people are looking. All right, that's cool. I just helped you out. Look around. And here's all I ask for hooking you up today, that you name your first child Phil. That's all I ask today. That's all I ask. But here it is for people who, who are looking to get married. I will seek the one while I'm preparing for my two. See, what happens is if you're single today, here's the application. When you start to seek God for you personally, here's what he does. He starts to meet your needs. You become whole. God will help you get rid of uh, character flaws that you have within you. And here's what happens. Listen, you start to become Mr. Right and Mrs. Right. You start to become that person. Listen, you start to become, now let me just give you a bit of, of, of help. I am not trying to be Dr. Phil today. I'm trying to be Pastor Phil. But let me just tell you, you do not, you do not, por favor, no. You do not get into a relationship to change somebody else. I'm trying to help you today because when you do that, listen, if a person won't let God change them, who do you think you are? And so here's the thing. I'm going to seek the one God while I'm preparing to meet my two. Because here's what happens. I start to become whole. I don't know where we've bought into this idea that we're supposed to sit around and wait for Mr. Right. Wait for Miss, Mrs. Right. So here's my life. It's all jacked up. Oh, but when Mrs. Right comes into my life, she's going to make my life right. That's a lot of expectation on them, right? As a matter of fact, I don't understand why we have this idea. We're like half humans. Oh, I'm waiting for my other half. We're not half humans. You are a person, and with God's help, you can be whole. And you know what? Here's God's math. God's math is this, that two whole people become one. I'm just, there's my better half. Listen, God wants you to be whole because I've been there. When two people are expecting the other person to help them with their character flaws, to help them make their life all right, I'm just going to tell you as a single person, get that done now with Jesus. And you know what happens when you do? You become attractive. You start to become because it's called the law of attraction. People who are working out are looking for people who are working out. 
People who are healthy are looking for healthy people. Christians are looking for Christians. So here's what happens. As a single person, you start to become the right person and you become attractive to the right person. You become Mrs. Right. So when Mr. Right steps into your life, you have two whole people coming together. And I'm going to tell you, the first step for you is becoming whole, marrying the right person to get a good foundation. It'll help your odds. Come on. I know you want to clap. Go ahead and give the Lord a good round of applause. Just don't, don't buy in to the myth. You know, in Genesis chapter two, verse 18, it says this, and the Lord God said, and he's talking to, to Adam. He says, you know, it's not good that man be alone. I will make a help meet. Now I hear a lot of people misquote this and they say, God made him a help mate. The word is help meet. It's M-E-T. In other words, God helped him meet. No, I'm kidding. But here's the reality. The word meet means this. Listen, someone to aid you, not someone to complete you. Someone to aid you in coming along. Well, Pastor Phil, I thought we, become, we do become one. But you got to remember, and this is so profound, and thank you, Holy Spirit. You're becoming one, but you still have to seek the one. Because they're not everything. They can't be. You, when you put those expectations on another person, the relationship is going to fail. Can I hear a good amen, somebody? And here's what people do. And even a lot of people that, that even outside of relationships, they have a skewed view of God because of what somebody else did. And it's like, now God is responsible because my parents went through a divorce or God is responsible. Let me just tell you, people make decisions because God gave us a free will to choose what we're going to do. And I'm trying to help you increase your odds when it comes to relationships instead of just being 50-50. So here for married people, here's our principle today that we are to apply while we're talking about seeking God. I will seek the one with my two. Seek God together. Now, this is a big deal because a lot of Christian couples don't do this. If you come to church occasionally and don't seek God together, you're not helping your odds. Listen, and I know this is incredibly profound, but we, we need to hear it. And most couples today, you know what? Nationally, church attendance is people attend twice a month. And if you don't seek God at home and attend church, that's why the statistics are no difference between Christians and non-Christians. Because there are a lot of Christians who aren't applying what God wants us to do, seeking the one with our two. And again, when you put those expectations on your spouse that they're never, they were never meant to live up to, there's gonna be trouble. There's gonna be pressure. Now, for some of us, this is a different application because I'm talking about seeking God, the one with your two. But for some of you, you seek God, but your spouse is not your two. Your job is your two. Your kids are your two. Your hobbies are your two. And the priority is mixed up. Something has become your two. In other words, you're putting more time, more energy into other things than your spouse. And above God, when you get married, your spouse is next. Your spouse is next and a priority. Can I have a good amen from all the spouses? Amen. amen. 
Come on, just, just nudge your spouse. Say, I'm, I'm, I'm a priority. I'm your greatest priority besides God. And so what I want to do today is I want to give you some principles. How do we seek God together? Now, here's what's interesting about today's message. Today's message, I found some, some data. I found that Harvard, this is interesting, a secular institution, Harvard came up and did a study and they found that if a married couple will do these three things, it increases their odds dramatically. As a matter of fact, this study said this, if they just did these things, only one out of 1,246 couples, one got a divorce. I think that's better odds. If you were gonna get on a plane and you said, and you found out this plane goes down 50-50 chance, but this plane, it only goes down one every 1,246 times. What plane are you gonna get on? Please tell me this one. We're still getting to know each other. I would do everything to get on this plane. And here's what Harvard's, this is what they affirmed. Are you ready? And I know this isn't gonna be rocket science, but here's what the three things that Harvard Business School affirmed. Number one, that the couple that prays together stays together. Listen, praise together, seeking God together. And I know that prayer is a discipline that a lot of us, we know we should do, and many of us don't do it. And we're gonna talk more about prayer. We have a life group now that's starting about prayer. And, and I know when I say pray together, the women are like, oh yes. And the guys are like, oh yeah. I'm glad I came today. <laughs> but you know what? And I think it's because we buy into this whole thing that our faith needs to be this private thing. My faith is, it's just, it's just private. Most people believe that their faith is just really, it's supposed to be private. It's something between me and God. But I gotta tell you, faith and the action of faith works best when it's shared. And let me prove that to you in James chapter five, verse 16. James chapter five, verse 16 says this, therefore confess your sins. One translation says your faults. One translation says, uh, your mistakes, anything that's the problems that you have. Listen to this. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. You know, you need to know something about God. God is an each other type of God. That's, listen to this, twice, each other. Talk about, listen, talk about what's going on, but don't just talk about it. Pray about it. Pray about it. Now, listen, you need to find out, I'm a real practical, simple guy. You need to find out what works for you. Val and I don't get up early in the morning, and I'm sorry if I am uh, really lowering my expectations in your life, but I'm gonna tell you what I have found has worked for us. We're not up at 3.30 in the morning praying for Passion Life Church together. We, we're just not, I'm asleep. But here's what we find out. I know for some of you are like, wow, he's a real guy. Yeah, I'm real, okay? And you know what? Sometimes my wife leaves before I do, but here's how we pray together. You know when we are together? We're together every night before we go to sleep. And we hold hands and we pray. We pray for about five minutes. We include our son in that prayer. Now, I know for some of you like, I thought you prayed eight hours a day. I'm never coming back to this church. 
Listen, I'm talking about praying together. Val has a prayer life and so do I, but we're coming together to pray. And so let me just, this is my new encouragement. Ready? One is better than zero. If I do one push-up one time a day for six days, I've just done six push-ups opposed to doing zero push-ups because one is better than zero. If I pray for one minute a day, that is seven minutes for the week. One minute is better than zero. I know, I know nobody's hollering around. Nobody feels the Holy Spirit because that's very profound. But you know what we do? We put this pressure on ourselves that if I can't pray five minutes, that you know what? I shouldn't pray. Prayer is never about the quantity. It's about the quality of your prayer life. That's why Jesus said, I don't even want to hear your vain repetitions because you're like, well, I got two more minutes to pray. He does. He wants your heart. He wants you to talk. Sometimes when I pray with my heart, I pray for an hour. Sometimes it's 15 minutes, but I pray. The purpose is, is that one minute of heartfelt prayer is better than five minutes of religious verbiage. Come on, somebody. And so what we do is we go, ah, I don't know if I should pray. Listen, if you today, before you go to sleep, grab your spouse's hand and say, let's just pray. Pastor Phil, I don't know what to pray. Pray about what's going on in your life and just ask God together. There is a power in agreement when you come together. So let me just go back. If Val and I, and sometimes that five minutes turns into 10 minutes and my son's there and he's quiet and he's just listening, but we never go in it going, we're going to pray for X amount of time. Now that five minutes can turn into 10 minutes, but five times seven times a day, I mean, times uh, seven, seven days for the week, that's 35 minutes. And 35 minutes is better than zero. I'm really trying to encourage you because what happens, it's kind of like you develop a desire for prayer. Like I had to develop a, a, a desire for salad. <laughs> salad is a acquired taste. So I started out with eating little salads, right? And I was, I was really, Reuben, I was really concerned that my ears would start to come out, right? So I just started eating little salad. And then guess what? I started to crave salad. And now I eat salad a lot. But you know what? Come on, a little salad is better than no salad. A little prayer during your day is better than no prayer. And so don't get so religious. That, it's funny, we're so religious we don't even pray. Because we got this so much pressure. So much pressure. And God is with us all the time. Paul even talked about an attitude of prayer. There's some times where I'm, I'm just at home and I'm talking to God while I'm doing things and talking to him. But listen, here's the point of today. You need to pray together. Now, if you are single, listen, it's important to pray with that possible person. But I would just encourage you, pray in public places. Don't put the lights down and get on the couch alone and say, we're going to pray because you may end up talking in tongues and not the holy kind. <laughs> so for single people, what we want to do is we want to make sure that you pray in public. Some of you did not even get that. And I'm concerned about you because <laughs> you're way more spiritual than I am. But listen, why do I say that? Because prayer is a bonding thing. It's intimate. And you need to do it with your spouse. Not only God says it, but Harvard Business School says it too. Here's the second one. Harvard 
Business school affirms that the couple that discusses the Bible together increases their odds. Remember, we're talking about from this day forward. Maybe you didn't pray a lot together, but you know what? We're talking about from this day forward. Now, I'm taking a big gamble here that many, many of you may not come back to church after I tell you this, okay? But we're just being real. Val and I, my wife, we do not sit down and read the Bible together. We do not wake up at six o'clock in the morning and have our tea and, and go through a devotional. That's not how we work. Here's what we do. I have a devotional time. She has a devotional time. But what I have found is throughout the day, we discuss the Bible. Now, here's what we do. Sunday is our serve day, right? For us, we come to church. But my wife and I, we sit together and we watch church online. And then after we watch church online, we discuss it. How did that impact you? What did you get out of that? What is, oh, you know, this ministered to me in this area. And it's funny that I say that because there are areas that even though it's exactly what we're talking about, she's letting God minister to her in areas as we discuss the Bible. And you know what? All the pressure's not on me. It's us discussing together. We do this with my son. Today, after he gets out of, of, uh, of church, I would encourage you to do it. Last week, he was in uh, children's church. Last week, we went to another service uh, to a friend's church that we saw he was in service there. Afterwards, on the way home, we discuss what did you learn? Oh, Dad, I learned about David today. And, and we talk about the Bible and discuss it together. You know, in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 6, it says this, these commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Listen, impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit down at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and get up. So maybe this is a formal thing for you, but for us, it's not really formal, but we do it every day. It just oh, this is what I was listening to this and the Lord and we talk about and discuss. Come on, how many of you know this isn't hard stuff and it can take a two minute and you know what I'm trying to do? I'm trying to increase your odds today of staying together and I'm gonna just be honest with you, great plug, one of the best applications for this, my church family, is life groups. You need to get into a life group. This Tuesday we have our relationship life group. This couples come together, we discuss. And a lot of times what happens is they even discuss things that they're doing and other couples say, well, we don't do that, we, it hasn't worked and another couple say, we do this way and it helps us and we discuss the Bible together. And here's the last one that Harvard affirms. And I love when Harvard, when the Bible says something and then a secular organization will come by and the data is exactly what God had said. And here's the third one. Couples that attend church together. Pastor Phil, you, I mean, you really don't have to preach to that today. We are here. But listen, I want to call you to another level today and say, attend church faithfully, faithfully together to consider you and your spouse saying, we go to church. We're making, we're, we're making a church a we don't miss type of thing. Because you know what? I think what, what they're saying and what the point is here is that we make a decision. Well, yeah, I'm not going to church today because it, it's raining. Or you know what? Church is kind of on the back burner. We go if we can. You know what? If there's not a baseball game that our, our kids are involved in, then we just listen. Can I just be honest with you? Stay at home parents don't have go to church kids. 
Stay-at-home parents don't have go-to-church kids. And see, if we want a different result, the question is, are we willing to live the type of lifestyle that it takes to better our odds? Listen to this, Luke chapter four, verse 16 says this, talking about Jesus. He went to Nazareth where he had been brought up and on the Sabbath day, he went to the synagogue. He went to church as was his custom. And I'm gonna tell you today, I'm an advocate for church. And if it wasn't for church, and I hear people say, well, the people there aren't perfect. Yeah, but you ain't perfect either. I'm preaching. Wow, there's hypocrites over there. Okay, well, let me put your sins up there. And we'll have church. Because we're all a bunch of real people who need a savior. Amen, Pastor Phil, you are preaching good. Because if you don't amen me, I'll have to amen myself. And I'm an advocate for it. My parents said we're going to church. Even when I was sick, if I wasn't contagious, we're at church. We went to church. I grew up in church, seen a lot of crazy things in church, but you know what? Didn't turn out so bad. Hey. Didn't turn out so bad. And you know what? My parents went through divorce and all the things my parents went through. Guess what? My sister's in church, my brother's in church, I'm in church. All of us are in church because there's a reason why we need to come together and listen, if it's not in your schedule, and I'm always concerned when people say, well, oh, I went on Sunday. It was great, Pastor Phil. I'm so glad I went. Well, it's, it's not on your schedule. You leave your church attendance to chance, to chance. You're not going to do well in relationships with your spouse. You're not increasing your odds. And here's why, and here's why I'm going to close. Listen to this scripture. In Psalms chapter 127, verse 1, it says this. Unless the Lord builds your house, in other words, unless God is involved in your marriage, unless God is involved in your relationships and in your home, the builders labor in vain. I don't want to labor in vain. I want God to build my house. We need to get God in our marriage, in our relationships. Because you know why? Listen, married people, neither one of you is good enough to make things work forever. Let me say this. Neither one of you are attractive enough to keep the other one forever. You know what? You need a higher power in your life. That's what marriage is supposed to be. It's a spiritual thing. The Holy Spirit working in both of us. Write this down if you're taking notes and then we're gonna pray. The number one essential of healthy relationships is living a God-first life, a God-first life. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information on Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com 